Hey everyone, welcome to the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm Matthew, and this is The Short Track, our little morsel of storytelling or news and information to get you through from one full episode to the next. On today's Short Track, we are going to be hearing from Kay Alton. Kay lives in Washington State with her partner Scott and their son Ren on their own plot of land in their yurt. Kay tells us the story of returning to the Boundary Waters as an adult, excited to recreate some amazing experiences from her youth. She's gonna tell you all about her tales and we're gonna discuss some lessons she learned from it all. Hope you enjoy it. We're certainly grateful you're listening. The day was fine and beautiful and the lines were cleanly drawn between earth and sky. Okay, tell us about your Boundary Waters trip. Well, I have a strong background and love for the Boundary Waters because when I was 17, I went to the Boundary Waters um, to do a 30-day canoe trip um, with Minogen, Camp Minogen, and ever since then, I've loved it. And so my long-term partner and baby daddy, Scott, was coming to Minnesota, and we decided that it was time for him to experience the glory of the Boundary Waters, and I had really talked it up, and um, I had planned a six-day trip. Um, we were going to start at Minogen. They were going to help outfit us. We were going to get a canoe there and then go forth. And I wanted the trip to be really special. So I had like gone to the store and gotten some really yummy food, um, like special pate and like just lots of like fancy food that I otherwise wouldn't buy because I wanted his first trip to the Boundary Waters to be really good. And I borrowed my friend's like Patagonia waterproof bag to put all the food in. And so we were all set. And so we, we embarked. I can't quite remember the route we did. It was like a little northwest of, of Minogen, YMCA, Camp Minogen. And so we started off and we had a great first night. Um, it was super sweet. We did a lot of hiking. And when we embarked off, I just remember Scott being like, hey, are there bears here? Do I have to worry about a bear hang? And Scott has a lot of experience in the outdoors. And in retrospect, he said he should have known better. But, um, you know, he, he's like, is there bears here? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to when I was 17. And I was like, no, I don't remember us doing bear hangs. I don't think there's any bears here. <laughs> uh, and so he's like, okay. And um, we, so we set off and, and that night he, he's like, I'm going to put a little hang on. I'm, I'm going to do a bear, like a, a hang anyway. But he, it was a kind of a lazy bear hang because I had told him there wasn't any bears. It's kind of little the ground. It was a little bit more for like rodents and small animals. And then we go to sleep. And that night, in the middle of the night, I'm like, I, at one point I wake up and I'm like, Scott, like, do you hear that? But I'm kind of a scaredy cat sometimes, and so he's used to me being like, hey, Scott, do you hear that? And then it's nothing. So he, like, kind of grumbles something and rolls over, and he's like, it's fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so in the morning, uh, he's kind of still dozing, and I'm like, I'm going to get up and make some coffee, and I'll bring it back to the tent. And so I go over to the bear hang, and I look up. And to be clear, so we had our food, which is in this, like, nice Patagonia bag, inside of our other waterproof pack that's like really big with 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 straps it has like a backpack straps on it and that's what the, the whole gizmo was hanging from and i go to where our bear hang was and i <laughs> look around i look up and it's like it's just gone like the bag's gone the the rope's gone there's no drags like drag marks anywhere it's just like completely disappeared 
<laughs> and I was just like, what is going on? And so I go back to the tent and I'm like, did you like change where the bear hang was? And Scott's like, what are you talking about? And so he gets up and comes out to where you hang, hung the, the bear bag and was like, nope, this is where it was. And so we're just like so confused. Like we had passed some Boy Scouts on the way in and we were like, maybe they came and took our food because there's no drag marks or no, no signs of cut, you know, cut rope anywhere to signal that maybe a bear had like clawed through the rope. It was just gone. <laughs> and we like ended up deciding it was probably a bear. And so we got some pots and pans and we like made a bunch of noise as we walked around trying to see if maybe the bear had like dragged our food off to a spot and left it, but there was nothing. We couldn't find anything. I'm kind of freaked out. You know, I'm a little bit like, oh God, I don't know if I want to run, run into a bear. So we finally give up and all of our food for this journey is in there. And now that I remember we were on our second night because we weren't super close to civilization. And so we haven't had any coffee, which is really hard to handle, but we also haven't had any food. And so it's getting to be probably about 10 o'clock at this point after we've like woken up, searched for the food. And so we start paddling back out and it takes us till probably around three or four to get to a lodge. And we get to a lodge finally on a, on a lake. And again, I can't quite remember which lake it is. And we're like famished. Like I don't usually go like, you know, 30 minutes without a snack and we walk into this lodge and we go like immediately to the gift shop and like buy all their trail mix. And then we're checking out and we're talking to this young guy about what happened. And this guy's like, oh my God, like, yeah, that's the bear. And apparently there's this bear that's just been like ravaging people's camp and getting everybody's food. And we were just one of, you know, the many that, that got in the way of this big black bear so we find that out and we, you know, we have to hike the road out to get to our car. <laughs> My baby Ren thinks that's really funny. And we go straight to a burger joint and have like the biggest hamburgers of our lives. And we're, we're out of the Boundary Waters and we can't continue. And we have to wait for the following year for Scott to have his ultimate Boundary Waters experience when we went back. I think that's my story. I wanted to make sure to give Scott the opportunity to weigh in on his perception of the trip. We weren't able to get a conversation recorded, but he did leave me this voicemail. I'm just going to tell you some line about a bear, but I'm telling you, man, I think she got up in the middle of the night and ate all the food and hid the evidence. Don't tell her I said that, but that's what I really think. I'm not quite sure whose version of the story to believe. But one thing that I do know is this. Kay freely admits that this is a really difficult way to learn a lesson about taking care of your food in the Boundary Waters wilderness. Seems like there are two ways to learn these lessons. The hard way, such as Kay told us about, or the easy way. And that's why the Forest Service has its permitting process, its videos, which seem annoying to watch year after year as you come back to get your permit, but are very important for all of those people who are going into the wilderness for this first, second, third time. These videos are full of reminders of how to hang your food, how to take good care of your campsite, how to make the experience 
most enjoyable for yourself and for the other people out in the wilderness. Remember, they have a place and a purpose. Support those things. Support sharing your knowledge, sharing your experience, and making sure we all have a great time out there. So nobody has to go without their morning coffee unless they want to. Thanks so much for joining us for this short track. We're excited for the next episode to be coming out soon and for the paddle season to be in full swing. We'll talk to you again soon.